Hello and welcome to another episode of The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women designed to support and equip them towards growth in all areas of their life, physical, spiritual and personal. On today's podcast, I've invited the very beautiful Rachel Fluent from the Missionaries of God's Love Sisters here in Canberra. She's going to be talking with me around this idea of transition and the transitions that we go through in our life as women. More recently, we had Laura Rowland on the podcast talking about the seasons in our life. But Rachel and I today are going to talk about transitions and that space that exists between an old chapter and a new chapter of our life and how sometimes we don't actually want to enter that space, but what we can do to enter that space and the gift and the graces that are present there. So sit back, relax and enjoy this interview with Rachel. Well, Rachel, welcome to the Genius Podcast. I'm laughing because I've just welcomed you. We started our podcast and I realized that I hadn't pressed record. So officially welcome to the Genius Podcast. It's great to have you with us this week. And you're joining us from Canberra. I'm in Canberra as well. And it's a bit of a mm. miserable day here today. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like back and forward, going back into winter for a few days. That's right. Can't get too comfortable. No, that's it. Now, Rachel, you're with the Missionaries of God's Love Sisters here in Canberra. And I know that the Missionaries of God's Love Order of Priests and the Sisters have been a huge part of my life, my family's life, and now my children's life. Such a blessing and legacy through your ministry and the orders um, that in the blessing that you are in your vocation. I was wondering if you can share a little bit about your background and your story and how you came to be with the Sisters. Sure. I'd love to share my story with you. Um, so I grew up in Sydney and um, I have a beautiful family. My family come from Mauritius originally. That's why my surname is very French and um, Florent. <laughs> I love it. And, <laughs> and um, for me, it was very much through going to a summer school. So I went to a summer school in Sydney, run together with Missionaries of God's Love Sisters and Brothers Priests and also the Disciples of Jesus community. And I was invited to that camp thinking, you know, I'm going to have a really great time, meet a lot of young people. And I came in contact with the MGL sisters there and was really amazed and inspired by their dedication to the way of life of being consecrated mm -hmm. um, and also just their mission. So for me, it was the fact that they work with young people and their heart is really to evangelize the church and to bring people back into a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Um, so for me, I went to that summer school really not knowing what, what, what I was in for. Really? Did you get a surprise? Because they're pretty spectacular. I got big surprises. I think I didn't realise how many young people were searching, longing, looking for answers around faith questions. Mm -hmm. um, there was about 150 young people at that summer school. And I thought my little church parish was, you know, like really dead and not really growing with young people okay. who were committed to their faith. So for me... It just opened my eyes to the bigger church. And um, what was really unique about the summer school was, and part of our spirituality is that we're charismatic. Mm. So, you know, really experiencing something of making a deep commitment to Jesus is part of our spirituality, but also seeing the power of the Holy Spirit at work through invitation and seeing myself from a very shy young person yes. to becoming a very... Um, confident young woman and really just stepping out in my faith in ways I'd never done before. Um, so I got involved in youth ministry not long after having been to that first summer school 
at that stage, I didn't have a sense of vocation or call. I wanted okay. to be married. Really? <laughs> in fact, I was at that summer school looking for a husband. <laughs> <laughs> As many young women do. Like my dream was to get married, have a beautiful big wedding yes. and raise a Catholic family. Yeah. Um, but what I think what really happened was that my heart was really open mm. and really looking for answers. So I'm really grateful that the MGL sisters helped me to actually discern and to come to a place where I could listen and hear um, what God was really saying to me through through the prayer, through the, the community life. Yes. Um, I was very deliberate about knowing that God wanted me to live in a sisterhood, that I wasn't going to be on my own living as a religious sister, yeah. but I wanted it to be um, challenging, hard, <laughs> a place <laughs> where I could have accountability for my faith. And also living with other women that just are really vulnerable and real yeah, and that's solid cool. women that I can be inspired um, by in their own faith journey. Yeah, fantastic. And they are. They're such a beautiful group of women. I, I just love the sisters. Then where are Melbourne, Sydney, Canberra now? Is that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. We have three communities. Yeah, it's beautiful. The, the house that I live in is called a formation house. Yes. So part of my role, my job is I'm the formator. And um, my role ranges from everything from spiritually directing these young women, helping them to listen and to work out whether they're really called to this way of life yes. and can range from driving lessons to <laughs> cooking. The whole shebang. Um, pardon? The whole shebang. The whole shebang. Everything yeah. from A to Z, which I imagine most mothers would be yes. doing with their children, raising their kids. But yes. I'm raising adults. Yes, yeah, that formation and discipleship. Yeah. yeah. And do you enjoy that, that role? I love it. I think the best part of the role is sitting down and hearing the deep conversations around the spiritual conversations. Mm. I'm just amazed by the awe and wonder of what God does in their lives. But it's also hard because I'm the person that has to call them to greatness. I have to challenge them in love at times. Yes. A bit of tough love. Yeah, the tough love. Um, that's right. But also I've got my own story and I've got my own background of where I've been and where I began because I was a little novice 18 years ago yeah. um, and I have a lot of experience, I guess, just in um, the emotional healing I've received, um, very much in knowing how to live balance of life really well because our life is very busy as consecrated mm -hmm. women and being able just to know, I think that, you know, as a woman now who's 48, <laughs> yes having the um the wisdom and just the beauty of being able to share life and do life with these women is absolutely such a and there is such I mean there's you know all the different ages and seasons of our life but there is something nice about this season I find where you have a little bit to offer you know I think in my early 20s like I did a lot of work in women's ministry but Go, jumping ahead you know 20 or so years you, you have your life experience and it's actually such a gift and a joy isn't it to walk alongside I guess younger people and people who are I guess needing answers to some of their questions and providing that formation it's quite a privilege and, mm. and I guess both of us do that in very different ways but I share that sense of um, just that enjoyment and the gift mm. of that yeah absolutely and I think there's always the surprises of when you're a missionary on mission there's never one particular way that you're going to be in mission no that's and, right and I guess I sort of see my mission actually begins here at home mm -hmm. like it doesn't begin when I go out there in the mission field but yes. my community my fan this is my family yes. and my mission begins here because of who I'm, I'm being called to be in the present moment 
And it might be because somebody's sick and I have to attend to them or take them to the hospital or be alongside them. Or I might just be celebrating life and celebrating a birthday and we do affirmations around the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's very, very countercultural to what we normally do because, you know, I think as a society often we can be negative or we don't really mm-hmm. um, highlight the beautiful gifts that we see in each other. Absolutely. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, that role in terms of religious vocation, but then also in the family, like our, the, the point and the words you used, which I like, is my mission begins here. And I think sometimes in our culture, there's this hustle culture where we're, and I see a lot of um, young women caught in this, where they feel like they have to be doing, doing, doing all the time. And it takes them away from, I guess, that being, I mean, it's very cliche, mm-hmm. But it's, it really is a discipline and it really is an invitation, isn't it, to love and be on mission where you're called to serve first. Yeah. And that is your vocation, like your primary vocation, whether that's religious life, marriage or, you know, the single life, whatever that is. And then after that comes that individual vocation where you're called to serve with your personal gifts outside mm, of that absolutely. arena. Yeah. Well, look, Rachel, today we're going to have a chat about transitions in life. And I think, you know, the whole journey of being a woman and a man, I'm sure, but we're women, so we're going to deal with the women. But it's about transitions. I know um, this, this, past, this past month I've been doing puberty education nights. <laughs> from a women's ministry to puberty education it's hilarious so I'm doing live virtual nights for parents like back to back for the last month because our Mm. primary business choices is obviously around providing resources for schools but Mm. uh, my kids said to me can't you get a less more less embarrassing job (laughs) they're mortified that I'm um, doing puberty nights but it's, it's funny when I'm talking to these kids and their parents and we're doing them on Zoom this year, but it's really yeah. about like showing them the way through that transition of adolescence, right? And yes, there's that transition in adolescence or going off to school, but we forget that as we mature, we still, we are presented with all these other transitions, but mm. I don't actually think we're prepared very well for those transitions as we become adults. So I think, mm. you know, a lot goes into adolescence and preparing kids from that transition from childhood to being a teenager. But mm. we actually, from that point, from our 20s, there's not a lot of definitive I guess, injections of formation or teaching around how to manage the different transitions that we face as women. Mm. And, you know, whether that's single life and engagement and marriage, there is, there's a bit of, and I guess, formation for religious life. But after that, I mean, we've got things like menopause or we've got people who are having children or moving into different (laughs) roles in religious life. Then there's the empty nest and then there's aging and then there's retirement and there's actually not a lot that helps us or equips us to deal with us, those transitions. And so our conversation this morning is just going to revolve around, I guess, how we navigate those transitions, how we do that with grace and wisdom. Because in every transition or every new chapter of our life, even if that previous chapter was an unhappy one, it's mm-hmm. almost like there's a death that has to mm-hmm. happen before we can enter that new chapter of life and there's a letting go of the old and preparing for the new and I know that you know you're walking that journey at the moment in your relationship with the Lord and yes I want you to share a little bit I know you've got some great pearls I, I really love listening to um, the sisters so I'm gonna shoot it to you and <laughs> okay. you've got so much to add here and I know that you've got some 
some real pearls to give the ladies today in terms of how to manage those transitions. So yes. going through your own transition at the moment and mm. these are some of the lessons you're, the Lord's, I guess, giving to you, isn't he, through that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I'm really glad that you point out it's a new season and it's a new time and there are transitions happening. I guess um, what I've been pondering a little bit about is that Advent is really around the corner. <laughs> it's only in a few weeks. So the 28th of November is the first week of Advent. Can you believe that? What's the date today? I'm like. Today is the 13th. Yes. Uh, the 12th. The 12th. Father Dave Tremble's birthday. So happy birthday. Oh, cool. Happy birthday to Father Dave. I always remember the 12th. <laughs> uh, Fantastic. Yeah. So Advent's coming too quickly. Yes. And it's a time of waiting and a time of expectation. So I think in the waiting, there's always that sort of long sort of thing of we, I'm impatient. I just want things to happen straight away. Mm. Um, but what I've been pondering is this questions of what's the new thing that God wants to do in my life right now. And you know, what is this transition teaching me about who I am as his beloved daughter? And also, who is he teaching me who I'm being called to be as a consecrated woman in a community and with the ministry that I'm involved in? So I'm raising spiritual adults <laughs> in a way and giving life and birthing life to them. So I think what I wanted to share is a little bit around this scripture, um, Isaiah 43, 19, which says, behold, I'm doing something new. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And now it springs up and you don't even perceive it. So it's talking about the springs of the Holy Spirit, the life of the Holy Spirit that wants to be birthed and to spring out of my heart and into the life of every person that I'm in relationship with. So it feels a bit like God is saying, see, I've already begun. Do you not see what I'm doing? <laughs> um, and that he wants to refresh me and us even when we're in the midst of these dry times or the wilderness or the difficulties, it feels like sometimes when we're going through a transition or a difficult time of uncertainty mm -hmm. and even just not being able to grasp or hold what that really means, because I think I want answers to everything in the here and now. <laughs> um, so I really feel that um, for me, the, the transition has been around um, just letting go of what's comfortable a place where I'm being invited to the unknown, a place where I just experience myself in a different way that I don't, you know, can't necessarily put words around. Um, but I love that God's always promising me that he's with me in this. Like I'm not alone. I feel very carried. I feel carried by the prayers of the community and the sisterhood and ministered through them too. Yeah. Um, so for me, this year I turned 48 <laughs> And um, I've come to realise that my body shape is changing. I don't always feel comfortable with the way I look. <laughs> I'm starting to get acne and itchy skin and thinking, for goodness sake, that should have happened when I was 15 or 16. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm noticing like mood swings, a bit of irritability. And um, I think I've come in touch with this whole idea that menopause may be approaching. So perhaps in this whole cycle of waiting and shedding of layers, I've noticed there's a restlessness in me or a dis-ease. And like you said before, Karen, that sort of sense of finding home or, or being at home with myself is what I've been sort of sitting with in my prayer. Um, what God's been showing me is that, you know, I'm very wrapped up in my work and ministry life and I can be very busy and not making time for silence. And even in a structured way of life where I have a lot of time to pray, I can be busy even in my prayer. 
So it's been this whole sort of just coming in to meditate and allow Jesus to help me to come into with the body. Mm-hmm. What is the body's wisdom saying to me that it needs? Yeah, and I think that's so important because, um, like, when we're going through transitions, like, I mean, in our Catholic faith tradition, many faith traditions, we believe we're a unity of body and soul. So whatever's happening Mm -hmm. in the body or what's happening in our emotions or thought life is going to impact, you know, it's like negative toxic thinking can actually Mm -hmm. translate to physical chronic illness and vice versa. You know, if we're ill or our bodies are changing and you mentioned menopause and hormonal changes, like that impacts our emotions and our thought life too. And so Mm -hmm. I think in any transition it's also understanding just that interplay between body and soul body mind and soul and how that's going to be always that feedback loop is happening so like you said understanding what's going on and I guess acknowledging what's happening in our life whether that's we might be facing grief and loss and difficulty understanding those intense emotions of loss can impact our physical bodies and and learning how to process those is really important and I love what you said about, I love the word ponder, you know, like Mary pondered mm-hmm. these things in her heart, like you're pondering these things in prayer. I think that's a beautiful phrase mm-hmm. for women that, because we do get busy, we can get caught up in our head, right? And that and our thinking, mm-hmm. but just to sit with the Lord and ponder what's going on, like acknowledging what's happening. And then what's the Lord trying to teach me or what's mm-hmm. he revealing? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, the other thing I've been loving is I think last time I spoke to you, we might have talked about exercise. Yes. <laughs> I've been really, really intentional about going for my daily walks. Um, yeah. I love walking in nature and just praying even as I'm walking. It's like, you know, it becomes a prayer. Breathing in, you know, the wind, the trees, the smells, the fragrances, Absolutely. looking at the stars, um, just seeing how creation is being burning with God's love. Um, and I was just reminded of St. John who talks about the plants and the green meadows has the power to heal mm. and that, you know, when we're in nature, our psyches are healed, our spirits come alive. That's so um, true. We feel good. I, yeah, absolutely. I, absolutely. Mm. We've had, um, you know, a few situations over the course of this year which have been quite intense, a couple of deaths, people that are close to us and other things. And I agree with you. I find if I just get outside, I can just walk on the mountain behind our house and in nature, it's therapy for the soul. I think the Lord really Mm. meets you in nature. Yeah, absolutely. Big tip for transitions. So tell me, what else is the Lord doing in your heart? What else is he revealing to you during this transition in your life? You were sort of mentioning that distance that you feel like, because yeah. we often get that bubbling sensation, like something's not quite right or this agitation when a season, you know, when we're about to hit a transition. And there's a, a holding mm-hmm. bay between the old and the new where the work happens. And it's, it is very sacred space where we're invited to ponder. Mm-hmm. And, and I do see this in women's lives. I know I've been guilty of it. If we skip over that, because it's uncomfortable, that holding bay, it's very uncomfortable. Um, but we can go into that new transition, that new chapter of life, and we're kind of bringing some baggage into it. And it, mm-hmm. it can be chaotic emotionally. So it is really important that we enter that holding space with the Lord and allow him to, and to be at unease, to be diseased, as you say. Mm. With that so how have you done that like you've obviously feeling these things Are you what would advice would you give women I guess if they're in that holding bay or between transitions mm. 
Well, one thing I've done is, um, which was really beautiful, because the sisters and I, we do ministry on a Friday. We pray with each other. And one of the sisters had a sense with this whole new, new period in my life that perhaps there's unconscious grief that I wasn't aware of because I'm 48. And um, there's been different stages as a consecrated woman where I've had to give over to God my, my desire to have children, yes. my um, the losses in not having a relationship. I'm not going to have a husband. I've never had a husband. Yes. And not having even you know, a sexual relationship with someone for the rest of my life. Yeah. And there's so many layers to that because I guess as the body moves into, you know, midlife, I've had to just come in touch with what does that grief feel like, you know, like really face it head on and sit with that whole idea of even what my child could have looked like if I had a baby. Mm. Um, but what's been unique is that God's been showing me all the beautiful um, people's lives that I've been able to minister with and journey with and to see faith birthed mm. into their reality I think has made me realize how I have to relish the past and even the amazing ways that God's been um, ministering into that place of the loss and the grief and the sadness but I'm not running away from it I'm actually staying with it and allowing the Lord to redeem it bringing it to his healing love and power and letting him hold me like a little baby, <laughs> you know, in that space of vulnerability and it's okay to cry and it's okay to be real. And it's okay to, I think, draw on the women around me who are like spiritual mothers to yeah. nurture because I feel like I need to be nurtured and cared for too and be vulnerable just as much as I give to other, you know, young people or people that I'm called to minister to. And the other thing that I felt really prompted to do was I called my mum. Do you? <laughs> and I called mum and I, we just had a chat about what I'm going through and she had so much wisdom around what she went through. She had a six-year journey into menopause and I was like, whoa. It's <laughs> a long time. <laughs> but, you know, some of the wisdom that, you know, she's done, which is exercising, breathing, meditating, really allowing her prayer life to deepen. Mm. Um but there's something beautiful and just tips around health. Yes, yes. She said, you know, you should be going on primrose oil tablets and yeah. things like that. There's a lot actually that you can do. And I do know, um, I think I shared with you four years ago, we went through um, a difficult season and uh, like there was a lot of stress around and um, it wasn't in terms of our marriage or anything, but just something mm. that had external circumstance and and so it actually put me into early menopause like four years mm -hmm. ago. And it was amazing. So I have an insight into this, um, like it's this flooding in the brain that happens with the hormones and mm. it really throws your mind in terms yes. of um, your capacity to think. <laughs> and mm. it, it really impacts the temporal lobe of the brain, like physiologically. Yes. And so I think yeah, I totally agree. a lot of women who are going through that transition phase midlife start to feel a little crazy or forgetful or anxious um, mm. and volatility in terms of emotions but yes. that's actually really normal but it's about learning to manage that so I guess mm. we're talking specifically about this transition for a moment but you know managing the physical managing the emotional managing the spiritual managing mm. what you can control and what yeah. you can do absolutely 
And I had a moment last week where I felt so, de- like there's one day I just felt so depressed. And yeah. I was like, I feel so depressed Yes. and had no reason. And I was about to have to give a lecture to the sisters on MGL vision around our way of life, which was, oh. you know, poverty, chastity and obedience. And a vision um, means you've kind of got to be a little energetic. <laughs> I've got to feel it. I needed to feel it and I wasn't feeling it. But I just, I got do? them to pray with me before we did the lecture and it was really powerful I said Lord I don't have the energy give me what I don't have right now like fill my cup to overflowing and let your love just pervade and I was passionate I ended up doing a great lecture they said to me at the end where did it where did the passion come from energy come from so I know grace kicks in and I know that God hears the cry of our deepest deepest needs or pain Yes. or discomforts and maybe it's a space where he can have more room <laughs> yes. you know to actually move because I'm actually I'm unable to give what I normally have my resources are spent <laughs> yeah and you know like that's something I mean for myself like I came out of that after I did a lot of exercise and sleep so I'm sure that's that's on its way <laughs> again <laughs> but um I I do remember that exercise was huge and, and sleep was huge. They were mm-hmm. really, really important um, elements. And someone said you can manage that transition really well through exercise. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. The other, have I got time to share one other thing? No, yes. oh, you've got lots of time, please. <laughs> um, the other thing that I've gotten into, which I'm not very good at, is gardening. Oh, just, fantastic. Just trying to be creative, you know, beyond what I normally or naturally would do and I think that's another thing that you know the creativity of the spirit in this time of generate you know generativity or the new thing that he wants to do so pruned the the rose bushes quite you know quite low and we got a lesson in how to do that and um pruning is essential for new growth to come through for the roses to come through so thinking myself I was really just experiencing something of getting rid of the dead branches (laughs) putting the fertilizer you know around the roses and just that was the beginning of winter and now we're in this new season of spring and the blooms and the buds have become beautiful roses yes oh they're so pretty (laughs) and I wanted to show them off because what I've seen is suddenly this new life and magnificent magnificent roses have appeared and we can smell the beauty and the goodness they just give so much glory you know god's goodness absolutely and it's such a beautiful metaphor but it's so nice to have a visual for what god's doing because so often we can't see what he's doing how is it work and i I think what you touched on when you were talking about giving that lecture last friday is just our utter dependence like that you actually i do think that during that midlife transition particularly and this is one thing i felt that i'm very emotionally resilient so I can cope with a lot I'm very stable emotionally but to feel out of control was really frightening for me like those emotions that and they settle down with exercise and you know natural remedies and stuff and so that's all good but I that experience of feeling out of control or then even with other situations that happen I know walking with people this year who've lost children and Mm. you know and other people whose marriages might be in difficulty and there's a whole range of situations that we're currently walking through with people at the moment Mm. and it can feel really out of control and and we can feel completely inadequate that we don't have what we normally possess to to show up for people but there is an invitation there, that invitation to real dependence on the Lord. And I think, you know, when we go through any transition in life, 
we can fight it a little bit. I think that's our brains just natural. We're hardwired to protect ourselves. That's mm. our instinct. But there is that invitation to go into growth, to go into what's the Lord trying to teach me. And, and I guess you're learning some of those lessons in this current season you're in and able to share them with mm. others. Yeah. Have you got any other, I guess, some thoughts around, I guess, for the woman who's really resistant to that, like say going to that place, that holding bay because of fear of not wanting to feel the grief and loss or not wanting to feel the intense emotional face up to what's actually happening in their life, what advice would you give to them? I think really drawing on the strength of other wise women who have been through similar things themselves. And I'm hoping and praying that the women that are listening to this are already connected, you know, whether to a community, a faith community, or even just being mentored or pastorally cared for by other women. Um, because I think without having essentially vulnerability needs to meet vulnerability <laughs> And that I really feel that we are carried, you know, by the prayers and the faith of those that we're in community with. Um, so I would encourage people, it's not a journey that you can do alone, <laughs> you oh. know, to, to really, really seek the wise counsel of other women who have can pray, can guide, can spiritually nurture what you're going through is really important because all the other health things are really good, whether that's seeing a doctor or, you know, looking after your personal health, the medicinal Part of things but I think the spiritual nourishment is so important and perhaps finding books you know that really help or speak into this whole area of um, change of life or midlife yeah. I've been reading a book it's called um, Dear, Dear Heart Come Home by Joyce Rupp oh. and it's all about midlife spirituality yeah. and that's where I got some of the images that I'm talking about today because she talks about you know, how to name your losses, how to grieve your losses, but I can't do that by myself. No. You know, I need people who are actually um, spiritually in tune with the spirit to help me to process. Yes. Absolutely. Maybe finding ritual around even the losses and the grieving. Um, and I think that that would be really important is to find your own way. And my creative way is very different to the women out there. So, you know, it might be um, creating through artwork or through poetry um, or it might be through cooking. You know, I think there's so many different diverse expressions to process the transitions in life, but you need to find your own groove thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think for women who are raising children in family, there's a sense that you you lose a bit of who you are in those early childbearing years. And I know there's some women that are going through transition where children, so they're not actually going through midlife, but it's another mm -hmm. transition where their kids go back to school and they're like, now what? Like yes. they grieve the kids being home or they, they, they grieve that they gave up their career or, you know, like there's all these different transitions. Mm. But I think what you're saying is that rest and, and kind of growing in rhythms, there's the practical things. And then there's the prayer and the spirituality, but that creative outlet mm. is really important because creativity has a way of connecting you to your soul mm. and, and who you have been created to be in the Lord. And then obviously, I think once you do that, then it, he kind of reveals to you where he's calling you to serve. And so mm -hmm. you come back to service in a new way, a refreshed way with, I guess, the wisdom from having worked through that. Mm. And the last thing I was just thinking about, Karen, as you're talking then is um, um, redefining your dreams. And I think that's been another big thing in my life is because I've transitioned to different communities and different ministry roles. 
I think God's always calling us to re redream, like relook at what our dreams are. So for some people in a marriage will be, what are your hopes and dreams or your desires for the next five years, you know, as a married couple? For me, it's, you know, re-looking at my community life once again and looking at, okay, if I'm dry and tired in a particular ministry, it's about redefining what am I passionate about? What do I love about life? What gives me joy and meaning and purpose? And where do I get energized? in ministry or in what I'm doing um so I have a dream book <laughs> you know, oh, beautiful and I write the craziest things about what I'd love to do even you know if I had ten thousand dollars how would I run this ministry um because God is a God of dreaming and re re redesiring new things all the time absolutely and I think sometimes well I see this actually all the time in the lives of women that their dreams either die or they go underground. Mm. And there's this sense of agitation and, and resentment that builds and frustration. And when we're not in touch with where that's coming from, then we can be a bit disheartened. We can think, oh, we're discontent in our marriage or we're discontent here or there. But sometimes mm. really the invitation is about coming home to ourselves mm. and to, to discovering who the Lord is in us, but then what's he calling us to do? And like you said, mm. these dreams change throughout our seasons of life and Absolutely. the dreams are actually really good I actually walked with one woman and she said isn't it ungodly to dream like and I was oh, like no yeah. like God is a dreamer like this he wants you to dream because yeah. that's where new ministries or new ideas are birthed right mm, like that's right inspirations ideas. come yeah. prophetic dreams that actually tell us about where we're being called you know this is the possibilities are endless that's right. And we should never downplay those little things like a conversation in the supermarket or a book that we randomly pick up or a sign we see. Sometimes they're little clues that lead us to, I guess, those passions. And there is an invitation mm. for women, I think, in this particular season of life. Um, I'm seeing it around the world, like where women are really reconnecting with themselves in a new way, but not at the expense of their vocation, mind you. Mm. Because I think, you know, previously there was an idea that, you had to be a mum at home and you couldn't work or you had to be full-time in ministry and you couldn't do other things. Mm. We're kind of breaking down those barriers and those mindsets I'm seeing. And women seem to be more free to really connect with their unique creative passions and to bring those mm. to life across a whole lot of areas, which is awesome. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. And Sorry. Next, year, next year it'll be 10 years since I made my final vows so I'm having the opportunity to go on sabbatical oh wow <laughs> so, so I'm you... gonna have to think about what is it that you know I want to work on creatively in, in a creative way like whether that's a bit more education or a particular area or perhaps a pilgrimage you know having that space to walk and listen to the Lord in a whole nother way maybe my direction of life of where he's calling me may change you know yes. Are you a very creative person? I am naturally, yeah. I've got more creativity than I'd say the, you know, the intellectual desire to go and study for two months. Yes, yes. <laughs> at oh, some college. I prefer to go and probably learn about, you know, um, painting, drawing, dancing and ministry, things to do with, um, yeah, the soul and also the, I guess, the body working together. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, well, I can't wait to see what you come up with. <laughs> We'll have you back in a year and you can tell us that the grand dream <laughs> come to life. <laughs> oh, Rachel, thank you so much for your time today. I hope that's been a blessing to the women. And, yes, we'll be praying for you 
thank you also for Absolutely. your to the church and to all of us because you're you're beautiful. You're such a gift. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity and the privilege. And I really pray for all the women out there who are part of the cohort that follow um, this wonderful podcast. And I pray and hope that they really are blessed and renewed in the spirit. Amen. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Rachel. If you would like to go deeper with some of this content, or if you really need some help in terms of establishing some rhythms of renewal in your life, then I'd love to invite you to join us for the Catholic Women's Masterclass, where we walk through four rhythms of renewal, rest, restoration, connection, and creation. And this very much ties into my conversation with Rachel today. You can find out more about the Catholic Women's Masterclass on the Genius Project website, www.geniusproject.co. I hope you have a beautiful week, ladies. Until next week, God bless you. And we will see you back on the Genius Podcast next week.